Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome again to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Kalmanowski here with you to study Eruvin page Amud Gimel. And today I would like to call your attention and discuss a, an interesting Talmudic concept called Anan Sahadeh, which literally means uh, we are witnesses, but refers in general to very authoritative presumptions for which no evidence is necessary. People don't have to tell you what they're really thinking. We know how people generally behave, and when people generally behave in a certain way, Anan Sahadeh, we can attest that we have a pretty good idea what their intention was. So, one of the great examples taken uh, in the Talmud uh, to illustrate this principle is, imagine, this is from another track page, from track page 18, imagine that uh, uh, a husband has divorced a wife, as you know, probably in Talmudic times, divorce was, well, still according to um, Jew- Jewish law nowadays, although we try to mitigate these things, uh, divorce was the prerogative of a husband to just send his wife away. And so if a husband divorced his wife, but then they were seen to be living together again, Anan Sahade, we may uh, presume, as, as just a, a basic uh, normal presumption of life, that they've resumed sexual life, they resumed marital relations, so we can uh, uh, presume that they're remarried and they would need uh, uh, the first get doesn't count, and they need a new get if he does really intend to divorce her again. So today we're going to apply, and, and there are many, there are many other cases. I don't know how many, but it's a common thing in the Talmud to raise the principle of Anan Sahade. You know, we don't, for example, another one is we don't assume that uh, loans have been paid back before the due date. Anan Sahade, the people pay their loans when they're due. No, of course, they're all interest-free loans according to Jewish law, so nobody would imagine that somebody would repay an interest-free loan before it was due. Well, we've got an Anan Sahade case, or actually we've got three Anan Sahade cases on our page today of, of uh, Amud Gimel 73. Uh, as you remember, Shabbat, your Shabbat location for your 2,000 cubits of motion uh, is fixed by where you are when Shabbat enters. So, what if there's ambiguity about where you are? What if you are splitting your time between two places? Okay? Um, and Shmuel and Rav disagree, as they often do, about which of the places where you might be um, fixes your fixes your location for purposes of calculating your place of Shabbat. Uh, Rav says it's where you eat, and Shmuel says it's where you sleep. And so we're going to talk about a few interesting uh, examples of this. I'm at the top of Amud Gimel, uh, t- top of Ayin Gimel Amud Aleph. If you happen to be reading along, Metive. They uh, raise a a brayta, a Mishnaic era text, to challenge Rav and say, "Meitivei, Haroim v'Hakayatzin v'Halburganin v'Shomrei Perot, the shepherds and the harvesters and the town watchmen and the fruit uh, watchmen. I guess they kept their fruit out, out in the field or something like that. Bizman shedarkan lalin ba'ir harei han ke'anshe ha'ir." 
If they sleep normally in the city, they are to be regarded as city dwellers, and so therefore their place is in the city. But when they typically sleep in the fields, then we should consider them as having spent Shabbat in the field, and they get 2,000 amot in each direction from wherever it was that they, that they were. So that's obviously a challenge to Rav, because Rav said the key thing was where you eat, and yet this bride clearly defines it by where you sleep. If you sleep in the city, you sleep in the field. Rav responds, or the Talmud on behalf of Rav responds, Anan de'i mamtulahu rifta hatam we can attest that if they would only bring their bread there, they would like it more. They, it would be better for them. In other words, uh, when we say that the that the uh, harvesters and the and the shepherds and and the town watchmen and stuff, uh, when we say that their um, place is defined by where they sleep, it's because we presume that where they sleep is where they really want to be, and they're only forced to come into the town because it's too difficult to obtain food or carry food out to that uh, location in the field. But where they really want to be is the field. Better for their jobs, better for their lifestyle, whatever. Um, and so the only reason that they come into the town is the difficult circumstances that they have to eat. But really, we would prefer, they would prefer, we assume that they would prefer, any normal person would prefer, we'd prefer that they have the food out in the field. And so that's why uh, Rob can say that eating is the determinative, even though uh, the text clearly said that sleeping was determinative. Well, that may not be super-duper convincing. Uh, I think that that statement does sound like it's better for Shmuel, but in all events, near the bottom of the page, we'll take up um, an, another case that's interesting and interesting to the rabbis, because the rabbis who composed the Talmud, you know what they were mostly interested in? Their class. They were mostly interested in uh, their life and the group of students who were participants in rabbinic culture. So, uh, if you happen to be looking at this page, uh, again on Amud Aleph, I'm at the first wide line. The page has kind of a dog leg that turns to the turn to the left, and I'm at the at the first wide line near the bottom of the page, the last four words of the line, Ba'aminai Ravchia Baravin and Ravsheshit. Ravchia Baravin asked the question of Ravsheshit, posed the question, Bene be Rav de Achle Nahama Bivaga the students, they eat bread out in, in the field and they sleep in the schoolhouse. When we measure their Shabbat Chum, their 2000 Amos, do we measure it from the schoolhouse, that is where they slept, or from the, I guess, kind of like in or something like that, where they out in the field where they ate, and Amarle, so Rav Sheshit answers, Mashchinan mi It's from the schoolhouse, uh, and then the challenge comes up, and he raises the point that when people are coming, when people are traveling, and they and they place an eru outside of the town, then and then come back and sleep in the town, de Mashchinan le techuma mi so the, the questioner, Rav Baravin, says, but wait a second, in a different case, a town dweller can put, the, can put an Eruv on the outside of town, come back, sleep in his own house, but, but be considered to have the 2,000 Amot from the edge, from the place of the Eruv itself. So Rav Sheshit answers, or the Talmud on his behalf answers, 
Behahu anan uvehada anan In each case, there is a presumption of what people normally expect. Behahu anan sahadei With respect to the town dweller who put the Eruv outside of town, he gets the extra 2,000 amot from the place of the Eruv because anan we can attest, any normal person can be presumed, that if he could have dwelt out uh, out beyond the town boundary to extend his own traveling space. He would have. He wanted to do that, but there was no place to live, and so the only reason he slept in the town was he had no choice. But if he had, had been able to sleep outside of town, he would have uh, preferred that. And with respect to the rabbinic students, we can attest also uh, that if they could have brought their food into the schoolhouse, they would have preferred that. Okay, so the specific cases may be interesting to you, maybe not be interesting to you. Uh, I hope, though, that the idea is interesting, that there are plenty of things in life where you don't have specific uh, testimony of what people think or specific testimony of what people want, but there is a basic presumption, law being what it is. Law is, law is not idiosyncratic. Law is steady. Law, law doesn't cover individual cases. Law covers classes of cases. It covers everybody. And when you evaluate people's behavior, uh, you have to treat them not like, uh, you know, a, a sweet, generous uh, individual that doesn't behave like other people. No, you evaluate, you evaluate uh, people's behavior based on what is normal. All right, thanks for studying today's page with me, and I look forward to studying with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.